Hello and welcome to the Wasatch Report. On this episode, we are going to do something a little different. Before heading over to Anchor, we had a couple hundred shows already in the books. We have selected what we feel are some of our best, and though it is not new, the information they contain is timeless. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Do you know, have you heard 10 planks of the Communist Manifesto? This is Liberty Minute, and I'm your host, Gregory Carpenter. In 1848, Karl Marx and Frederick Engels wrote a book outlining a political ideology. It was entitled The Communist Manifesto. Marxism's basic theme is that the proletariat, the exploited working class of the capitalistic system, will suffer from alienation and will rise up against the bourgeoisie, the middle class, and overthrow the system of capitalism. After a brief period of rule by the dictatorship of the proletariat, the classless society of communism would emerge. In his manifesto, Marx described the following 10 steps as necessary steps to be taken to destroy a free enterprise society. First plank, abolition of property in land and in the application of all rents and land to public purposes. I submit the courts have interpreted the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, ratified in 1868, to give the government far more, quote, eminent domain, unquote, power than was originally intended. Under the rubric of eminent domain and various zoning regulations, land use regulations by the Bureau of Land Management, property taxes, and environmental excuses, private property rights have been very diluted, and private property in the form of vehicles and other forms are seized almost every day in this country under the forfeiture provisions of the RICO statutes and the so-called War on Drugs. Zoning model ordinances proposed by the Secretary of Commerce, Herbert Hoover, were widely adopted almost 100 years ago, and the Supreme Court ruled zoning to be constitutional in 1921. Private owners of property required to get permission from the government relative to the use of their property is very common in many states, counties, and in local jurisdiction. Federally owned lands are leased for grazing, mining, timber usage, and the fees are paid to the U.S. Treasury. Wait, why does the federal government own land in the first place? Second plank, a heavy progressive or graduated income tax. The 16th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, 1913, and some scholars maintain that was never properly ratified, uh, and various state income taxes exist they were established in a major Marxist coup in the United States. These taxes continue to drain the lifeblood of many Americans and the overall economy and greatly reduce the accumulation of desperately needed capital for future growth. Business starts, job creations, and salary increases. I sub submit to you the Corporate Tax Act of 1909, the 16th Amendment, the Revenue Act of 1913, Section 2, income tax. And of course, the laws have been purposely misapplied against American citizens to this date in a progressive manner. You ever notice when you make more money, you pay more taxes, and you never have more residual income? You've just paid more taxes. Plank 3. Abolition of all rights of inheritance particularly accomplished by the enactment of various state and federal estate tax laws. 
taxing the, quote, privilege of transferring property after death and the gift before death. These federal and state estate taxes and other inheritance taxes have abolished or at least greatly diluted the right of private property owners to determine the disposition and distribution of their estates upon their death. Instead, government bureaucrats get their greedy hands involved. Blank four. Confiscation of the property of all emigrants and rebels. The confiscation of property and persecution of those critical, quote, rebels of government policies and actions frequently accomplished by prosecuting them in a courtroom drama. The charges? Violations? Ha! We call it government seizures, tax liens, forfeiture, and Public Law 99-570, 1986. Executive Order 11490, Sections 1205 and 2002, give private land to the Department of Urban Development, the imprisonment of terrorists, and those who speak out or write against, quote, the government or the IRS confiscation of property without due process. Fifth blank. Centralization of credit in the hands of the state by the means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly. What does one need to say but Federal Reserve? Yes, the Federal Reserve system created by the Federal Reserve Act of Congress in 1913 is indeed such a, quote, national bank, and it politically manipulates interest rates and holds a monopoly on legal counterfeiting, I guess I would call it, in these here United States. This is exactly what Marx had in mind and completely fulfills this plank. Amazing. Six plank. Centralization of the means of communication and transportation in the hands of the state. I submit to you, Greg. The Interstate Commerce Commission was established by Congress in 1887. Federal Radio Commission, 1927. Air Commerce Act, 1926. Civil Aeronautics Act, 1938. The Federal Aviation Administration, 1958. And they became part of the Department of Transportation in 1966. The Federal Highway Act of 1916, for the first time, made federal funds available for, to the states for highway construction. Interstate Highway System, 1944. Funding began in 1956. Interstate Commerce Commission gives authority by, was given authority by Congress to regulate trucking and carriers on inland waterways. 1935 to 1940, Department of Transportation. In the U.S., communication and transportation are controlled and regulated by the Federal Communications Commission, established by the Communications Act of 1934. The Department of Transportation and Executive Order 11490 and 10999, not to mention various states' bureaucracies and regulations. Uh, there's also federal monopolies of the rails, Amtrak. That there's just good old outright communism. Seventh blank. Extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state. The bringing into cultivation of wastelands and the improvement of the soil generally in accordance with a common plan. I submit. Department of Agriculture, 1862, the Agricultural Adjustment Act of 1933, pardon me, farmers will receive government aid if and only if they relinquish control of farming activities. The Tennessee Valley Authority, 1933, the Hoover Dam, completed 1936, and dozens more. While the U.S. doesn't have a vast collective farm system, we nevertheless do have significant degree of government involvement and control in agriculture in the form of price support, subsidies, acreage allotments, 
land use controls, and other means. The Desert Entry Act and the Department of Agriculture have a steel grip. Other players in the game include the Department of Commerce, Department of Labor, Department of Interior, the Environmental Protection Agency, the Bureau of Land Management, and the Bureau of Reclamation, the Bureau of Mines, National Park Service, and the IRS. Eighth plank. Equal liability of all to labor. Establishment of industrial armies, especially for agriculture. Sound like a labor union? Hmm. First labor unions were known as federations. They started in the 20s and they preceded communism. National Labor Union established in 1866. American Federation of Labor, 1885. Interstate Commerce Act, 1887. Placed railways under federal regulation. Department of Labor, 1913. Labor Management Negotiations Sanctioned Under Railway Labor Act of 1926, the Civil Works Act of 1933, National Labor Relations Act 1935, stated purpose was to free interstate commerce from disruptive strikes by eliminating the cause of the strike. Works Progress Administration 1935, Fair Labor Standards Act 1938, mandated what? Ding, ding, ding. A 40-hour work week and time and a half for overtime. Straight out of the manifesto, my friends. And you thought it was the American dream. Civil Rights Act 1964, effectively the equal liability of all to labor. Social Security Administration, anyone? National debt and inflation caused by the communal bank has furthered the need for a two-income family. Women in the workplace since 1920s and the 19th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, assorted socialist unions, affirmative action, federal public works programs, and of course, Executive Order 11000, assigning emergency preparedness functions to the Secretary of Labor. Ninth blank, combination of agriculture with manufacturing industries, gradual abolition of the distinction between town and country by a more equitable distribution of population over the country. Food processing companies with the cooperation of the Farmers Home Administration foreclosures are buying up farms and creating conglomerates. They're also creating many, many, many little small towns called suburbias. You might have seen them starting back in the 50s. Levittown was the beginning of this. Planning Reorganization Act 1949. That's where it began with zoning, Title 17, and super corporate farms, as well as Executive Orders 11647, 11731, and Public Law 89-136. Yes, your suburban life, Virginia, there is a communist root in that quaint bit of suburban living. Tenth plank. Free education for all children in public schools. Abolition of children's factory labor in its present form. Combination of education with industrial production. Gradual shift from private education to publicly funding education began in the northern states in the early 1800s. Federal money began unconstitutionally being funded into the school systems in 1887. The Smith-Lever Act of 1914 introduced vocational education. The Smith-Hughes Act of 1917 and other relief acts of the 1930s put more money into the school systems. Federal School Lunch Program of 1935, the National School Lunch Act of 1946, the National Defense Education Act of 1958 was a reaction to Russia's Sputnik satellite demonstration and provided grants to education's specialties. Federal school aid in 1955 greatly enlarged and increased the federal role in education, Head Start programs, textbooks, library books, and now there's no turning back. Have we satisfied the criteria for all 10 planks? A question that will play out, no doubt, in our lifetime. For a Liberty Minute, this is your host, Gregory Carpenter.
life is hard, but life is hardest when you're dumb. No joie de vivre, just endless hours of tedium. With a negative IQ, you'll be lonely, sad, and blue. Life is hard, but life is hardest when you're dumb. Life is hard, but life is hardest when you're dumb. You wait for years, but inspiration never comes. Thoughts you don't have remain unheard because you cannot find the words. Life is hard, but life is hardest when you're dumb. Hardest when you're 